Hi, Kara. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Tell everybody where you are. I am in the Florida Keys, Key West. We're doing podcast remote. Yeah. We figured out that we can use the Anchor app. You know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this in our millions of Anchor ads. And listen, this isn't even an Anchor app. It's not. It's just... It allows you to record remotely <laughs> using the app and no special equipment. So it's handy if, you know, when we have a situation like this, we can just record through the app. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. So Kara has her episode today. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Do we have uh, anything else? We need to... I have nothing. Oh, this is the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm Kara. And I'm Megan. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. Um, I don't know. Do we have anything we need to announce? I don't just... think so. Working on some more merch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we're good. Okay. Well, here we go. Okay. So I have an interesting story for you. I was just like looking up all this stuff and came across this one randomly. He, I don't even know that he was supposed to be like an embalmer or like a mortician. Is that what they're called? I think a mortician. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't even know that he was meant to be that in his job role, oh, uh, no. but he ended up doing that. How do you accidentally uh, end up being an, a mortician? You know, people loved him a lot and they said that he was very good at his job. Oh. So I think that they just continued to let him do all the things. Okay. I just, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay, so his name is Bernie Tida. Um, I had to Google how to pronounce that because it's spelled T-I-E-D-E. Oh, I definitely would have pronounced that wrong. called him Teed or something. Teed, yeah. I don't know. There are several quotes that I pulled from an interview with 48 Hours with Peter Van Sant. Bernie had a really rough start to his life. He said, my daddy and my mother had a car accident. My mother was riding in the passenger side of the car and daddy never forgave himself for that. He never forgave himself for that. that did, he di- did she die? The mom died. So uh, his dad became an alcoholic and ended up dying when Bernie was 15. So he already had a pretty rough life. Yeah. Um, And then he claims that when he was 12, before his father had passed, that his uncle began uh, molesting him. And the uncle always denied these allegations. But Bernie was just like, well, he, of course, he's going to deny that. But it's true. So So when was all this? When did this happen? Uh, He was born in, born August 2nd, 1958. Okay. So all this is happening in like the late 60s, early 70s, as far as when he loses both of, he's lost both of his parents. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So he had already like had a lot of issues in his family. So then he lives in a small town in Texas and he goes to work for the owner of the Hawthorne Funeral Home. Uh, And he worked there for about nine years. The owner said he was very successful here at Hawthorne's and as a funeral director overall. So he started out as directing funerals. They said Van Zandt was asking like the funeral director questions. And he was like, so he could do everything. And the funeral person was just like, yeah, he could. He was so talented. He could literally do everything from makeup, hair. He could sing. He could preach. Oh, so he is like a one man show. Mm-hmm. He's down there with the bodies, just doing hair and makeup and all the things. Okay, let's take a second. Would you do, be able to do that job? <laughs> oh, no. I actually one time had a client ask me if I would do her aunt's eyelash extensions. 
And her and aunt I, was not alive. Was, no, she was in the free, freezer. I also feel like you could easily do just the fake, like, glue-on lashes without doing lash extensions on a body. Yeah, exactly. Because that would take you yeah. some time. How long does it take you to put on a full set of lashes? Like an hour, right? Over I would an hour? Say, well, it just depends on like the person's lashes. Like if they're really thick, then it's going to take like an hour and a half. I mean, a thinner set would be like an hour maybe. But I, I am glad there are people who exist. Obviously, the job needs to be this, done. Yes, yeah. right. But no way. I, no, could, I would be no, no, no. a mess. Well, I would be afraid they would talk to me. Well, I was about to say, you would be haunted for sure. Yes. Like, I just, I feel like they would just, like, sit up and be like, hey. (laughs) You know the thing where, like, bodies will randomly move? I mean, I guess by the time you get to this point, they're not going to do that. But the whole thing where sometimes bodies um, still have air trapped inside them or something like that, and they move, I would lose my mind. No, 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 no. That actually happened, like, when my grandfather was in the hospital, and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> oh, God. It's yeah. terrifying. It is terrifying. Okay, so glad other people okay. can do that. Yeah, 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 especially him. The um, funeral person was just like, you know, he really knew how to take care of these families. And someone also said that it was like he was singing, he was literally singing these people into heaven. So he would sit there and sing to them. Oh. Um, I mean, it is not. You would feel comforted, right? There's somebody who's yeah. so good at it with your Yeah, they're actually, one. like, taking care of your family members. And you feel like you can trust them with your yeah. deceased family members. You can't trust this man with your living ones. But oh. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Another person was quoted saying he was an excellent. He had so many excellent qualities and he was a gourmet cook. And so this kind of ties into what I'm going to tell you here in a second. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Uh, he was a cook, uh, and that ties well, into no, the story. No. He doesn't cook people. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What was that episode where that lady, like, barbecued her boyfriend's ribs? That was rough. Okay. So, and then everybody was just like, he was really well thought of among the little old ladies in town. And he just, like, everybody knew him. He taught Sunday school. He was at the funeral home. He would be at like the local barbecues and even like the district attorney was just like we every, we loved it like yeah. everybody was so glad that he lived in our community like i said he enjoyed singing so he was in the choir he was active in schools there so he started doing like school plays and it says that the community just was infatuated with him they just loved him so very much and then people were like you know what like he came into some money he became super generous he was so very sensitive to everybody's needs he just started like giving out scholarships to all this stuff okay so you're you're about to tell me that this guy turns bad right this because prize winning gentleman he just sounds mm-hmm. so great exactly oh god yeah. So in 1990, uh, there was a banker and an oil man, Rod Nugent. He was just like, you know, one of those crotchety old businessmen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Passed away. And Bernie is in charge of his funeral. Bernie says, I embalmed his body and got him ready for the funeral. And Mrs. Nugent arrives. He said, I met her, went over the arrangements with her, took her to the gravesite, had the funeral service there, and then I took her back to her car. And then the 48 hours guy is like, well, are you thinking to yourself, well, I've 
we've parted ways. We did some business and I'll never meet her again. And Bernie says, well, no, because that's not how I conduct funerals. As I often do with widows, widowers, I go check on them. Go by the house, make sure they're okay. Oh, no. Uh He's a full service. Full service. He for sure is. He goes above and beyond. Uh, Yeah, he does. And below. (laughs) That's what he does. Oh, gross. It says that he just created a friendship by visiting her. Um, It says Marjorie wasn't a huggy type person. Like I said, her husband was just kind of a crotchety old man. And so she was as well. She just, you know. She was a crotchety old man. Yeah. She was a crotchety old man as well. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So then this lady's talking to 48 hours. She said that they were first cousins and they were somewhat close. And she claimed that Marjorie was super difficult. Wait, she was Marjorie's first cousin or Bernie's? Marjorie's first cousin. Yep. She said, I think any of us can be difficult. I mean, as an old setting hen sometimes, which is what she was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) An old setting hen. Uh Uh-huh. Great. Um, Yep. So they're just talking about how she had tons of money. So she was 74 years old and had about $6 million. Oh, so uh-huh. she's 74 and he would have been what in his like 20s? Oh, yeah. Or early yeah. 30s maybe? Early, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. age well, is would, just yeah, a number. Say, but exactly. I was going to say he would be in his 30s, right? I reckon. I think he was. Yeah. So, uh, so she's a widow and she's super yeah. elderly. So she's very uh-huh. vulnerable and he's yes. absolutely moving in. Exactly. Exactly. So her first cousin was just like, I really kind of started feeling sorry for like the situation because it got kind of awkward. And then Bernie was like, you know, I felt sorry for Marjorie. I really did. <laughs> so then they started hanging out and it said that they were the odd couple of this town in Texas. It said they'd go to the Cherokee Club. They'd go to the Jalapeno Tree, which are like little restaurants and like places you go out. <laughs> I'm so, so uncomfortable. Any, I know. So it says that they were just a pair to see, just quite mm-hmm. the pair. Yeah, you um, notice. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it was not long before uh, Marjorie was just like, you know what? I want more than a dinner date. I want you to hang out with me more. I want you to quit working at the funeral home and I just want you to be around me more. Oh. So she hired him and started oh. paying him a salary to hang out uh, with him. Yeah. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah, so clearly he was into the money situation, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he was just like, you know what, that's, that's, I'm aware that her money's out there. He said, but that's not part of the deal. That was not part of my wanting to be around Marjorie. Right. Yeah. They were like, well, there's parts of Marjorie's family that are like, mm, we think that there's something that like there, this isn't it. So Marjorie's family was just like, Bernie's a thief. Like, he is saying stuff about her that's not true. He saw her as, like, a weak victim. He stole her money. And then when people started to look into it, uh, it got sketchy. One of the family members said, I think the fatal mistake my grandmother made is she ended up buying a $30,000 headstone from Bernie. And from that moment, he marked her. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you're just like, well, I mean, who else is going to be there to take care of her when her whole Uh, family is living away from her? And he just like steps in and he's like, I got this. Yeah. But the town freaking loved him. 
Well, that's the other thing. And if you're a family who doesn't live near her, you're probably like, oh, you know, there's this stand up guy and lots of people love him. So and it's nice yeah. that he's going to help take care of her. And you're nobody is thinking this 30 year old guy is trying to hook up with exactly. my 70 something right. year old. He's just it's like aunt. a grandma to him. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So like I said, he quit the funeral home, started working for her. He became his her business manager, her travel companion. He would run errands for her. It said together they traveled the world visiting Russia, Hong Kong, Egypt, Thailand, and tons of other places. They went on cruises. She bought him a Rolex and a house. He drove her to all of her things. He would go get her coffee. Um, and every single day he would have lunch with her. He picked out her outfits for the day. He even plucked her chin hairs and clipped her toenails. Oh. <laughs> I hope somebody oh. plucks my chin hairs one day. I know. I know. Right now I'd do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other thing I'm thinking about is how this is such a, I can think of several, um, mostly like, because of their being celebrities where it's like super old men with really young oh, women. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's just so strange yeah. to think about it reversed. Um, well, yeah, that's so very true. And maybe that's why we're seeing it that way. Yeah. But part uh, of me is like, get it, Marjorie. Well, Whatever makes you happy, honey. Well, you just no? wait. You okay. just wait. Don't get it, Marjorie. <laughs> no, no she, did. she actually, I don't think she got any of that. Oh, well, um, so I don't either. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, so it said if Bernie was ever late for their 1145 lunch dates, she would constantly page him until he would call her back. If he was spending time with other people, she would freak out, call him and page mm. him. And she was just like, I don't Lonely. like you've you've got to spend every waking moment with me. He was quoted saying, if I don't call her, she will give me living hell. So then the 48 hours guy asked, they loved each other. And then um, they said, yeah, Bernie loves everybody. And I think he's the one person in the world in that era who could feel that for Marge when no one else could. Oh, wow. People are really yeah, saying she's kind of not easy to love. Yeah, exactly. Well, no and wonder then, then she really latched onto him, I guess, if he yeah, starts no showing her love. To her. Yeah. <sighs> so then someone was quoted saying, I never thought of them as lovey-doveys. Never. Just together and just friends. I never even saw him kiss. So Bernie admitted he's gay. And he said that it was very difficult to be gay in a small town. So he latched on to Marjorie. Especially and in what, the late 80s, early 90s yes, now we're talking about. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, exactly. I think it's difficult in a small town now. So it right. must have been even worse then. Oh, for sure. The 48 Hours guy asked Bernie, well, did Marjorie know you were gay? And he said, we never discussed it. He said, so was there an attraction there? She's 42 years older than you. Mm. And Bernie just said, right. He Kara, didn't admit it. That would be like, my future boyfriend is born right now. <laughs> 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 I'm 42. <laughs> that would be like, he's born right now. He's out there in a... In a in a hospital. Oh, that's that's really not okay. That's not okay. God, that's terrifying. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo. Uh -huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now. 
With products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners, each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh, got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so handy. Right. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild like curls left over. The wind power on this thing is intense. It's wild. Like I turned it up. I was like, let's play with these buttons. Okay. So it has three magnetic styling attachments. They're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's going to be so tangled. Not with this one. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now, you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones, so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. So then someone was quoted saying, I think the attraction for Marjorie with him was... The same as it really was for everybody in our town. He was just a lovable guy. And when you spend time with him, you just want to hang out with him. You want more of his time. So they start going to Broadway and they'd go up on a Friday, come back on a Sunday. They'd go to all the Broadway shows. Um, and he started out as a mortician making 24000 a year. And then he all of a sudden has all this money you know, Rolex watch that's probably more than what he made in a year. And he just was like going on all these adventures. So of course he was like, heck yeah, I love this. And he was just like, we literally went everywhere and she was having a good time. She was having a great time. But then people were like, but he was kind of her manservant. Mm -hmm. He was hired to take care of her every freaking need. Like literally from getting her coffee to trimming her toenails. Like this just... 
Wow. She treated him as something else hmm. when he was just along for. But she's paying a lot of money. All that stuff. A lot of money exactly. to do those things. So. Exactly. But then people were like, you know what, though? Like, he kind of did a good thing, though. Like, she would pay him and he, she showered him with all these gifts and clothes and cars and cash and trips. But he would turn around and he would give money for scholarships. He would do good things. He would help the needy. He would do all the stuff. He was generous with her money with the community. He wasn't wow. like just doing crazy stuff with it. He wasn't like going and buying jet skis. And right, right. But then um, people were like, you know, like I mentioned, she's kind of a crotchety old lady. But then her granddaughter comes forward and is like, my grandmother was a very loving, sweet woman. She was kind. She loved telling stories. And she was just like, I can't believe you all are seeing her in this light when this is how my grandma really was. Um, Yeah. The granddaughter said, you know, she was affectionate with us. She would give us hugs and kisses when we got to the door to see her when we would come to visit. And we started to see a difference. We started to notice a change in her. So it says in 1994, the granddaughters go to see her. She opens the door and says, I don't know who you are. And the granddaughter's like, what do you mean you don't know who we are? And she's like, I I really don't know who you are and you need to just leave. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. The granddaughters were like, nope, we're going in. We went in the house and there are pictures everywhere of her and Bernie. They mm-hmm. said, who is this? Nanny, who is this? And she's like, well, he's my friend. The granddaughter's like, well, that disturbed me. All the pictures of my grandfather are all of a sudden gone. And it's not been that long since. Mm-hmm. It's like the granddaughter was like, she was like a schoolgirl in love. Like oh, that type of behavior. They said, we believe my grandmother was in love with Bernie and believe that he was in love with her. When was the last time you saw your grandmother alive? The 48 hours guy asks. And they said that last visit in 1994 when she had claimed she didn't know who we were. So I wonder if she had some sort of dementia, some form Well, of yeah. You know, sometimes when this happened to my grandfather, when my grandmother passed away, it was just like a couple months afterwards that he started forgetting mm-hmm. things and it just really went downhill. It's like she just kind of kept them together. And I don't right. know, maybe this is a similar situation. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then the granddaughter's like, I think this is the perfect example of a sweetheart scam the most perfect example I've ever seen. My grandmother believed he loved her. And then Peter asked, how do you know that? She said, because I saw her. Wow. So it was very clear, like in her actions and her responses, that this is what was going on. Bless her heart. But Bernie claims that it was a very abusive relationship. He said she was very mean-spirited and very abrupt with me. She was very abusive. It was just like being in a cage. Um, and he, he was just like, you know, we were in a heated discussion and I told her, I can't do this anymore. I can't be your friend anymore. I just can't do this. She was super distraught. She was like, you can't leave me. You're not going to leave me. No one's ever left me. He was like, so I got in my car, backed out of the garage. And by the time that I got to the gate, she locked it. And I was just like, okay, I won't leave you and got out of the car. So then um, they asked him, well, just why didn't you park your car and jump over the gate and run away if you're this much of a victim? And he right. was like, but I, I can't get away from this woman. Also, she pays like, me a lot of money, you guys. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then they were just like, he, he's just kind of stuck here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, do you feel trapped or did you feel trapped? And he said, yes, yes, I did. Well, and it's then, clear who the real victim is here, Kara. 
Bernie. Exactly. I mean, Poor Bernie. I mean. Yeah. I mean, what? why would we even yeah. think otherwise? Yeah. Of course. Okay. He says, November 19th, 1996, he went out of the house to make coffee around 730, got her up, and then... He said, what happened next was the most horrible thing that happened in my life. He said, I had caused the death of somebody that I loved. He shot her dead with a twenty-two caliber rifle. Um, uh-huh. he uh, just, by accident? He just, or? Uh, no, no, he just lost it. Uh, After he got he, her up for breakfast? Then he yeah, yeah. made him snap? Did something, yeah. did something yeah. happen? Uh, but listen... Uh, well, he just was tired of the bullshit, really. <laughs> like, um, months, months um, later, nobody really knew what had happened because they would see him, uh, Bernie, in church and stuff. And they'd be like, where's grandma? What's happening? And he would just be like, oh, she's not feeling good today. Or oh, she's, no. she's having one of her little spells. Uh-huh. Months. Months, months, nine months. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they said every Sunday he'd come sit right beside me and give me a full report on Marjorie. Oh. And they were like, what What are you thinking? Um, he said, Alzheimer's in the hospital. Bernie was just like, it was just a really difficult time for me. And so the granddaughter was like, Mama would tell us what he'd been saying. And I was like, Mama, are you crazy? He's either got her locked up in the house poisoning her or he's already killed her. Well, that's what I'm thinking about, too. I'm like, this went on for months and none of her family exactly. went to check on her. Yes. And she was like, if I had gone to the police and then I was proven wrong, I would have been laughed out of this town because people okay, take that chance. so much. Exactly. Oh. So I'm not, again, I'm not blaming the family. I know we all make the best decisions right, we can right, right, <laughs> with the exactly. information we have at the time, but good Lord. Yes. Nine months later, Megan, Mm-mm. nine months, the family finally went to the local sheriff's office. They were like, I got a call from my dad. He and I drove down, and it's clear that no one's been there for a very long time. So at Marjorie's house. So he's not even living at the house? Nope. Oh, wow. So the girl said, my grandmother was a child of the Depression. She did not waste food. If she was leaving to go out of town, she would take the food from mm-hmm. the fridge and put it in the freezer. She said, I want to check the freezer. I want to see if grandma really did leave and go somewhere because she would have put all the food in there. Oh, yeah. So she said she walked up to the freezer and there's tape on it. Popped open the freezer and there's grandma. <gasps> oh, what a horrible way to find her. Especially because I bet they weren't at all even thinking that would happen, right? They were actually just exactly. looking for food. Oh, what a terrible. Right. They were looking to see if she had stored the food in the freezer. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. That's horrible. Yeah. So her cousin that was talking earlier to the in the interview, she mm. said, how could you come to my house, eat my food, sing hymns, and my cousin is over there in her deep freeze. So he, like, would go to the cousin's house and hang out with her. Yeah, so he's clearly, like, yeah, just no conscience no. whatsoever. And then everybody's like, well, there's no question in anyone's mind. He is for sure the one that did it. Well, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, with all these stories he's been telling, clearly. Yeah, so then the law enforcement and everybody in Texas started getting, like, all these weird messages. People in the community were going in and saying, Bernie's a really good guy. If he killed her, he had a reason for doing it. What? And people were like, what? Are you kidding me? Some people were like, 
some people were quoted saying, hey, let him go. Some people are saying, put him away for life. So it, they were just like going back and forth. I cannot and imagine how, like, I don't care how popular and likable a person is. Yeah, He killed an old lady, put her body in the freezer, and then lied about it for months, made up these wild stories about what she was doing. Are you kidding uh-huh. me? That is not a person that needs to be out there walking around with the rest of us. Well, and unfortunately, he continued to spend her money while she was dead in the freezer. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then people were like, just go easy on Bernie. And people were like, well, what? So then. Did you hear how crotchety she was? <laughs> yeah. Did y'all, did y'all know she was rude to him? She went nuts. So then, exactly. So then he and his attorney asked for a change of venue because it was all over the town. They got one. It was 50 miles away from their hometown on February 1999. They told their story to the jury. And the jury was just like, I thought it was a agreed and betrayal that's what sold us well yeah um so then bernie's just like i don't know what happened that morning you don't know the life i lived and <laughs> but it took him 20 minutes to find him guilty <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. they were just like we want him to have life in prison mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to have the max sentence and Bernie was like, you know, I, I do deserve the time. I've done a horrible thing, and it's the worst thing in my life. Well, of course it is, Bernie. Yeah. Um, so they end up making a movie about this. I think it's called Bernie. Is it Weekend Jack- at Bernie's? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no? Okay. No. Uh, Jack Black actually ended up playing his character. Really? Yeah. Um, and Jack Black actually like wanted to meet him. He wanted to talk to him. And he said, Jack Black is quoted saying, I wanted to come and meet you. I just think it's important if I'm going to play a real person that I should meet you. And Bernie mm. said, okay, mm. I love to be around people. I'm just a people person. And Jack Black was like, I just want to know what makes you tick. Like, what, how did you feel after you murdered her? Like, what is happening? Because, you know, he's trying to get into the role, but he's also like, what the, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're meeting with this person, you want to know. May as well ask. Yeah, he was just like, I felt like I wasn't even a part of the shooting. I felt like I wasn't even there. And um, I think it's a disassociative episode. I think it's a classic case of kind of a disassociated moment. I don't like I just don't recall anything. What about the nine months you spent lying and making up stories? Uh, Were you disassociated then? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, he claims it was an involuntarily shot her. He said there was really no connection to it. <laughs> okay. 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 So the, so he claims he didn't plan on killing her, but he just was like completely fed up. When he was convicted, his life sentence ended up getting thrown out and a new sentencing trial was ordered. They ended up releasing him for prison while they're waiting on this new trial. What? He's... Uh-huh. What do you mean? He's yep. in prison for murder. We're just going to let you be exactly. free? Exactly. Yeah. What? Yeah. He said, lots of miracles have happened in my life. <laughs> As he's like out and about creating this new life, he joined a gay men's choir, became a regular regular at another church. Um, and people just said, our folks surrounded him like mother hens, just loving on him when he got out. Oh, um, my God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So two years after he's freed, his new sentencing trial began. They moved it to Henderson, Texas, because Bernie had so many friends in that little town. I don't understand. Um, what? It's just a sentencing trial, right? It's not an actual trial again. Yeah. 
And like, isn't this absurd? I don't understand. It seems like he's found well, guilty he for served, murder. He, well, he had served like 16 years. He was in there for 16 years and he got out because he wow. got that new trial. Like they took it to a new place. So mm. they were like, yeah, 16 years. I'd say he had served enough time. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So then he was just like chatting with people and they were just like, there's dramatic versions of Marjorie's murder that have been told over the big screen in the courtroom. Now that the jurors have probably heard about this movie, who are they going to believe? Because oh, yeah. his story's out there. Right. So it's just like, they were just like, is he going to go free? Is this going to, like, are they going to yeah. be able to differentiate between the two? They ask during this trial, is he a danger to society? And they say, no, sir, not at all. So the jury goes to deliberate. They ask, like, ask him, like, what's going through your mind? They were just like, you know, all we can do is, like, this is his family, or not his family, her family, Marjorie's family. They're like, you know, all we can do is pray right now at this point. Like, this is just a shit show. Like, Seriously? why is this being drug out so much? Like, why are we back here? And then the jury got back. And they were like, you know what? We are sentencing him to 99 years in prison. Oh, nice. I was really worried that they were going to not. Yeah. So his attorney was like, when I heard 99 years, I was devastated. He's back in prison for life. It's so very discouraging. Um, Yeah. It says, even today, is there a Bernie Tita fan club in Carthage? They asked. And they said, yes. Not as big as it once was, but it's still here. Are you serious? Who are these people? He yeah, murdered so this lady and stuck her in her freezer and then lied about in a it. Freezer. For exactly. But he's and a good they, guy. He's a great guy. We all still love him. Um, so they did a lot of digging in this time frame, and it's estimated that he spent two million of her dollars during this time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. Had he ever done this to any other widows? Like, I mean, I know it didn't go to this, obviously, extent. But, like, do we know if he... Because you know how he said, like, that's just what he... That's not how he did it. he would just, like, go take care of them. Yeah, but how many of those widows had a current amount of money? Yeah. It said that he was a model prisoner, uh, and he sang in the prison choir, and he cross-stitched memorials for families who lost relatives. Are you kidding me? This man... Yep, yep, yep. He was sentenced to 99 years uh, in prison. He will be eligible for parole in 2029. Do you think he'll get parole? It sounds like he could get parole. It sounds, I mean, it sounds like he does. Because he's a model prisoner. Do amazing things in the prison, singing in that men's um, singing in the choir and cross stitching for those families. Wow. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by this. Yes, exactly. It feels like there should be, if he does get parole, there should be some kind of condition that's like, you can't have contact with old people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I just like, yeah, like what, what are those conditions going to be? Like, you can't be around people with money. You can't, you can't, like what? This is You can't be around old lady widows. What a bizarre story. It's insane. I can't believe there are still people who are just like, but he's a good guy. No, <laughs> no, he's but not, we though. Him so much. He's such an incredible man. Yeah. Just because you want this to be true doesn't make it true. Right. Man. Bernie. Gosh, Bernie. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I'm so glad we were able to record, even though you're far away from me. I know, I am too. I feel yes. like we should get you back close soon. Oh my gosh. It's way more yeah, fun to record I'm, when I can like laugh know, right like, in your hey, face. Yeah, like, well, and when we can see each other's expressions, because currently I'm just like staring at my iPad and yeah. trying to not like pay attention to a lizard that's walking across the deck over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, you guys, if the sound quality on this one's a little different, it's just because we're recording remotely. So forgive yes. us for this one. Um, yes. But yeah, Kara, thanks for telling me that story. Yeah, you're so welcome. <laughs> and you guys, if you would like to get in touch with us in any way uh you can find all yeah. of the, the ways to contact us in our show notes on this episode yep all right we're literally everywhere all over the place yeah okay thank you have okay. a good vacation okay all i'll right. be back tonight and thanks for listening guys we love you yeah thanks so much goodbye all right goodbye